We're always interested in what you have to say about our live broadcasts. Please share your comments on our Facebook page or websites. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, everybody, today to another episode of Sanders Says. Excited to have you on the show today. Um, it's a great one. It's a legendary one. Um, before we get started and I introduce uh, our guests, um, I want to give a special shout out to our uh, sponsors. We are powered by Zara Wellness. ZaraWellness.com to get all your topicals, your gummies, um, anything you need on the flower side of things. And it's THCA. It's legal all over the country, all over the nation. So you can order it. And we are dropping our collab. So you can go on Zara Wellness right now. You see it right there. Larry Sanders. Larry Sanders. Larry Sanders and Zara Wellness. We got a gelato pack, five pack on ZaraWellness.com right now. Go get it. Shipped all over the nation and uh, top quality flowers. So you will not be disappointed. With further ado, let's get to our guest today. We have none other than the legendary, one and only, Carl Kanai. Let me bring him to the stage. Yo, yo, Larry, what's up, man? <laughs> there you go. What's up, bro? How you feeling? Everything's good. Everything's good. <clears throat> man, so what an honor to have you on the show. Um, thank you for being here for sure. You know, taking time out of your schedule. I know you got a lot of things going on right now, man. So I appreciate you for being here. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here. Kick some knowledge and see what's going on. Nah, for sure, man. For sure. So, um, yeah, so, uh, I got a chance to walk, uh, in your show, uh, in Miami fashion week. And I just want to touch on that real quick before we start and just give my thanks and, uh, you know, my gratitude for that experience. It was amazing. You know, grew up uh, on Carl Kanai, my father, my my aunties, my, you know, my whole family. Um, and then everyone I admired and watched in the uh, industry wore Carl Kanai. So to me, it was like the first Supreme, you know, it just kind of set that standard for street, uh, streetwear. Um, uh, and it was that brand to look for. So, you know, uh, just really appreciate that uh, that experience. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. So um, growing up in the Bronx, um, you know, I want to talk about how you develop your, you know, this this whole this whole brand. But before before the brand, you know, before the fashion, you know, who was who was the little boy, Carl, you know, that was running around the Bronx? Uh, you know, uh, what was he interested in and what was his what was his life like at that time? Yeah, so basically, actually, it was Brooklyn that we grew up in at. Oh, at Bronx, time. that's right, Brooklyn, that's right, yeah. yeah. But, you know, so the young Carl was basically a kid that had a passion for fashion, you know what I'm saying? Like, from a young age, the winters in New York used to be really bad back in the 70s. You know, we used to have, like, 10 feet of snow. So a lot of times we'd be snowed in, can't go to school. So we had to go shovel the snow in front of our houses, right? So at the time, my mother used to buy me pro head sneakers, I see a lot of the older kids, they used to have on Pumas and Adidas looking fly, look cool dudes. So I, one day I went to my mom and said, Mom, I want some Pumas. She's like, what? She's like, you already got some sneakers. She said, let me see the bottom of your sneakers. So I showed it to her. She said, I don't see no holes in it. You're good. She said, if you want more than one pair of sneakers, go find yourself a job. Yeah. Straight up, 11 years old. So opportunity came my way. Sometimes I tell people sometimes when destiny's calling your line, you got to pick up. So as I'm shoveling the snow, in my front yard at 11 years old, one of the neighbors come up to me and asked me if I could shovel her yard for her. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And and she said, okay, I'm going to pay you. I was like, you're going to pay me to do this? I was like, wow, okay. So next thing you know, 
another neighbor asked me to shovel their snow. So me and my cousin turned this into a little business. We started going around to different neighbors, asking them we could shovel their yards for them. They started paying us. So I remember the first day we out there shoveling snow. I came home like $35. My hands was frostbitten and all the money was frozen in my pocket. I couldn't even get out of my right. pocket. So I go home and I'm counting my money. I asked my cousin how much money he got. And I told him how much I got. We had enough to buy some Pumas. We right. went to Glenwood Flea Market, bought our first pair of sneakers. And from then, I was like, okay, this is it right now. This fashion is my calling. I felt the buzz from that. And being able to buy your own stuff at that age meant everything to me. My moms couldn't afford it, so I had to go do it for right. myself. So that was my first intake into establishing myself into feeling like an entrepreneur into fashion. Right. No, and um, no, I understand that. You know, I was, I was a young kid who... Um, I had a lawn service and I employed the homies just so we could buy clothes to go to skate town on Saturday, you know, and look fresh and get our Nietzsche and, you know, whatever we can get out of the TJ Maxx at the time um, or Ross, you know what I mean? And um, it was um, I understand that. I, I really understand that. And then you said something. Um, you said a quote and you said in one of your interviews, you said fashion was like your vehicle back then. It was like your car. It was yep. your representation. Um, you know, I guess speak about that a little bit and, and um, you know, uh, how how that how you created a vehicle, right, for um, for us, for for our culture um, mm -hmm. to kind of move into a different realm. I feel like we, we kind of move from, um, you know, streetwear to like high end streetwear a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, basically, you know, growing up, we was always consumers. We weren't owners of any companies or own any fashion brands and stuff like that. So, you know, I got into fashion. My dad used to get his clothes made by a tailor. My dad's Panamanian. I was born in Costa Rica. So in case the United States, my father used to get his clothes made by a tailor. So I used to watch him go through the process of buying this fabric, making his own clothes. And in the projects in East New York, we were very competitive when it comes to fashion. Only the cool kids that dress well got respect. So I wanted that respect. So a lot of times we went shopping. If I found something fresh, I'm not going to tell my man where I got it from because we didn't want to both be wearing the same items. So people were very secretive when it came to dope clothing, right? So I thought about my dad's tailor one day. I was like 15, 16 years old. I asked my dad, can I make an outfit with his tailor? Because I knew if I made an outfit, none of these dudes would have it on. And the right. thing was, back then, we were looking for clothes that were a little bit more baggier, but they didn't have any loose-fitting clothing in the store. So the only way to really get it done is to go and make it yourself. So when I made my first outfit and I wore it around the hood, everybody's like, oh, man, where'd you get it from? Where'd you get it from? So, you know, I, I ain't about to tell them about my tail. I said, you know, if you want one, I'll make you one. And literally, right. that's how streetwear started. I started making clothes, wow. using the projects. And then one thing kind of led to another. But I'll share this with you. The most important day of my life was one day back in, like, 1986. We're sitting in the park, and I'm bragging to these girls about these outfits I made for these dudes. They didn't believe me. So the guy named Chuck, they said, Come over here, Chuck. She says, Chuck, who made that outfit for you? He's like, Carl made it. Why, what's up? She's like, well, let me see the jacket. Let me see your jacket. He takes off his jacket. He shows it to her. She's looking at it. And she's like, well, if Carl made it, how come his name ain't on it then? She was being, she's trying to be a smart act, but she was completely yeah. right. The last thing on right. my mind back then was building a fashion brand or putting my name in the clothing. You know why? Right. Because a lot of times with us and in life, it takes someone that looks like you that you could relate to, to achieve success on a certain level to make you feel like if he could do it, I could do it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like, we didn't have any other black people before me that had fashion brands in stores to make me feel, I want to be like that guy. You know, so a lot of times if, if Caucasian people do it, you feel, oh, that's just for white people. You know, that's not for us. Like, I tell people all the time, like, just imagine there was a, uh, 
a kid from the inner city who came up with, I'm making this up. Let's say there's a kid from the inner city who came up with a line of toothpaste, right? Mm-hmm. His, his dad was a dentist. He came up with some toothpaste. Let's say he marketed this toothpaste towards hip hop. He became a multimillionaire off of toothpaste. Mm-hmm. You know how many black kids right now be trying to do toothpaste? Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? So it takes right. one of us to open the doors up, and that's what Carl Kanai has done. We've opened the doors up for many, many who came after us to make you feel like, yo, he's from Brooklyn. He started a brand. He didn't go to design school. Man, I could do it too. And you see what happened right. now with fashion. It's definitely opened the doors up for all of us to join the game now. No, for sure. I would definitely say there are a lot of more, lot more designers and kids who are inspired to design um, outside of just playing basketball or, or, or rapping, right? They're... they're um, you know, inspired to do more and be creatives. Were there any inspirations that, that kind of that led you in that direction other than, you know, the fact that you just wanted to make clothes for yourself and your friend? Yeah, well, my inspiration was, you know, we want to do better for ourselves. You know, we want to get out the hood. You know, my mother was working, you know, long hours every day just to make ends meet, just to keep me and my sister to Catholic school and to pay the bills. And I was like, they got to be a better way than this. And I and I was realizing how much money me and all my friends were putting into fashion. At the end of the week, we were all broke, but we had on fresh looking clothing. So yeah. I saw that fashion is definitely a big appetite, but I saw that none of us was being represented in any fashion magazines. We didn't own any brands. There wasn't any black models. There's a lot of things that we weren't in. So we had two choices at that point. Either we complain about things or go out there and do something about it. And the Brooklyn ways, we go out there and figure it out and make something happen. So at the time when I started, hip hop needed a fashion designer to represent hip hop. You know, we were the first fashion brand to represent hip hop, have collaborations with artists like Michael Jackson, Tupac, Aaliyah, Biggie, Nas. You know, the list goes on of all these artists that represented Carl Kanai from day one, which is able to propel us to being a household international brand name. So it shows you the power of hip hop and it shows you the power that could come from the inner city once we put, once we put our mind to it. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. We definitely have that impact and power. And you, yeah, you showed it from the, you know, uh, it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take, you know, a bunch of people rallying behind you. Um, takes ideas and um, motivation and actually putting uh, putting a foot to pavement, right? Actually getting the work done, uh, which you've done throughout the years. I, um, I, what I what I see with your brand, too, and I, I want to know, how did you, how did it expand so so globally? Like, was it, was it a rap, was it the rap game? Uh, what was it that made it just a global, a global brand? Yeah, good, great question. So, you know, back in the days when we first started, you know, we were running things here in the United States for like a good 10 years. And we used to have accounts come to us from Amsterdam and Germany and Italy to the magic show buying Carl Kanai stuff. We had no idea how big the market was over there, right? Yeah. So one guy came, he was buying our stuff, and he was a sellout really quick. At the time, the brand was so hot in the States, we thought, man, this guy must be selling our stuff through the back door. So there's no way he's buying all this stuff, selling it in Germany. This doesn't make any sense. Because keep in mind, none of us has ever visited Germany at the time. We did not know there was a hip-hop community overseas. We did not know the power of hip-hop. We didn't know that you're going to see a bunch of German kids, Italian kids, kids from Sweden, all bumping hip-hop. They all wanted to be like what we were doing in the USA. We had no idea. So when things here, we finally took a trip over to Germany, visited the stores, and we saw the impact of how the culture was being spread worldwide. And we knew these kids wanted to be like us. They wanted to talk like us. They wanted to dress like us. And the clothing that we made fit 
nostalgia where they wanted to be. So that's how our brand started establishing ourselves internationally. We were the first brand, streetwear brand, to be established international. In 25 foreign countries, we established, and we have 10 flagship stores in Japan as well. So the Kalkanite brands became a household name there. And a lot of this is through the power of hip-hop. As hip-hop grow, we grow. So there's not one foreign country where there's hip-hop is being played on the music or in the clubs that we're not in right now. So it shows you the power of what we have. Right. No, for sure. And legendary, legendary hip hop, like classic hip hop artists, you know, that just live throughout time, um, have represented the brand, which is, which is pretty dope. Uh, do you, uh, with that foundation, um, is that kind of the blueprint? Like, uh, put the, put the, um, put the brand on, you know, on the culture, get it on hip hop artists. Um, is it the same, is that the same direction for the brand now or, or what is, what is the direction for the brand? Well, you know, our brand has grown so much now. You got to think that, you know, when our brand started, a lot of kids were in their 20s, teenagers wearing our brand. Now these these people now are parents. They're in their 40s, 50s now. Right. So there's a whole new younger generation now. So now their kids' kids, their kids are now wearing the Kalkanai brand. So right. it was just really a point of us really aligning ourselves and being really focused on design, being true to the culture, being true to the fit. Understanding who we are as a brand and never changing, never never bending, never folding is who we are as a brand. And the can I spirit is all about asking yourself that question. Can I was derived from me asking myself that question. Can I come from the inner city and achieve success? Can I come from the inner city and build a global brand? I did not know the answer to that, but I knew if I call myself can I, every day I have to answer that question. Yes, I can. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's that's yeah, that's powerful right there. For real. That's powerful. I think there's a lot that goes into a lot that goes into that branding and then these words that we that we say every day, we we choose to call our entities. Um, it should be pretty specific and, and uh that's pretty dope. I think that, that that definitely probably played a role in your success. You know, um taking it back a little bit because I like to talk about childhood and get into a little bit about parents and, and, and trauma a little bit, but what is your, I ask you this, and if you feel comfortable with answering it, but what is your relationship with trauma? Um, You know, it's funny, man. Um, I think that our trauma growing up, you know, my dad and my mom's, um, they got divorced when I was in the fourth grade. And um, we ended up moving into the inner city in East New York with my mom's. And then it's like, I grew up trying to almost being the man of the house because I've been making my own money since I've been 12 years old. You know, once we moved there, then I got a newspaper route at 530 in the morning, delivering newspapers before school and stuff like that. Um, so the only trauma I really had in my life is this, you know, the split of my parents, which, you know, kind of set me back. But at the same time, I think it actually helped me because I feel like if my father was around, I don't know how aggressive I would have been to go out there and make money on my own. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how to handle things. And by my father not being there, I ended up growing up in the projects with all the guys out there, and they kind of grew me up too. So I learned a lot from being there. So if anything, the only thing that set me back was the breakup of them. But at the same time, I kind of saw some positive signs in it by being able to grow up on my own and make my own decisions as a young man. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand that. Did, um, you know, that played into your career. Did you, because, you know, I had a distant father as well. Um because my parents split, I learned uh, I had to have more self-care for myself. And self-care is something that has always kind of fluctuated throughout the years, but I, I've known it's been like vital to to my success. 
Um, what is your relationship with self-care? Like, how does your self-care look? I mean, as far as taking care of myself physically and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, taking well, care of Carl. Yo, let me tell you something. Like, my son was born in 1996, right? And um, two years from that, the competition here in the United States got really, really hard on us. Like, I mean, like a lot of stores we were selling to was like, oh, you know, we can't buy your stuff. We're going to buy this newer brands here and that. And it was really stressful for us at that time because, you know, we was the king of the hill for so long. And all of a sudden now these same retailers are kind of turning their backs on us. And I looked at the game and I saw who was the, who was the players in the game. And I knew how tough this business was, right? And I knew a lot of these companies were just starting off. So at the beginning, everybody's hot. But you, they don't last past three, four years. You know, that's when, this, that's when the problems really start. And I said to myself, this business is not a sprint. It's a marathon. So at that time, I said, you know, I have to outlast all these dudes. You know what I'm saying? I knew I will. And I knew at that point, I said to myself, your physical and your mental go together. You're going to be in this for the long haul. That's when I cut out all red meat. I cut out all starches, started doing cardio every day. I was like, I'm going to outwill all these dudes. And one by one, all those brands started falling off because I knew for sure they ain't going to want to do this after a while. This business ain't fun after a while if you ain't really ain't banging at the beginning. It's fun because everything you put out sells, but it ain't. But I realized that if you're physically strong, if you're mentally strong and physically strong, you're able to withstand what it takes in this business to be able to survive. And that's why we've been doing it for 34 years strong right now because we understand what it takes to really have longevity in the fashion game. So health, physical, mental, they all go together. Wow. So when things started dipping in the, in your career, when in the on the on that side of things, you picked up on the self-care part. You picked you stopped, you cut some things out of your life Absolutely. <laughs> your regiment up. Yeah, because what I said to myself, control the things you can control. If you right. really want this, it depends on how much you want it. If you want it, you're gonna do what you need to do. You know what I'm saying? Because like right. when you work out, you eat right, you feel you could dominate anything. So when the stress comes on, you know, the first the last thing you want to do is be stressed out in business. Then you look at you look at yourself in the mirror. You're looking fat. You're out of shape. Yeah. Now it's almost like a whirlwind of negative shit. You're not looking good. You're not feeling good. Yeah, you know, man, I ain't, ain't nothing going good. But let's right. just say you you're stressing out in business, but your body is tight. You're looking right. You could deal with this now because now you got one positive thing because that you can control. The business part is going to be what it is. You know what I'm saying? That's going. You can't really control that part. You can put all the efforts into it, but you're not really sure how it's going to work. But your physical, there's nothing that can stop you from taking care of your physical at all. Nothing right, but yourself. Right. It's all mental. Right. You can do it if you want to do it. Right, right, right. No, that's positive. That, that's that's powerful right there. That is. I think it's thing too, like, even if things ain't going right, because sometimes people will know if your business ain't popping like that, right? So let's say your business ain't popping and people see you out and you ain't looking tight. Like, ah, oh, he's, he's, he's gone. Yeah, he used to be hot back in the day. Let's just say the shit is out there. Your business ain't popping. But every time they see you, you just looking right. Everything yeah. right about you. They're like, man, I thought, but ah, oh, man, yeah. it's you looking too right. You know what right. I mean? So you never sure. want you never want both things to hit you at the same time. Two negative things. You gotta offset. Right. You gotta fight. Your will to win gotta be so strong, man. That nothing, but nothing's gonna stop you from getting to the top at all. There's no excuses. Failure is not an option at all. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. No, that's awesome. That's 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 definitely the the mindset of a champion, um, and what it, that's what it takes to uh, you know to keep it going. So, would you say that was the that was almost like the breaking point, uh, in the career? Yeah, I mean, you know, that was a defining moment because I didn't want to lose yeah. it. You know, to me, it's like there's no other brand, period, streetwear brand could ever say 
they started streetwear before Carl Kanai. No, not one brand. Not saying we was the first clothing brand. Obviously, there's other clothing brands before we started. There was Ralph Lauren, Tommy Hilfinger, Giorgio Armani, Calvin Klein, mm -hmm. um, Guess, you know, Levi's, Lee. Those brands existed. When I say streetwear, I'm talking about somebody who actually came from the streets, someone who actually represented the streets in terms of ads, somebody who opened up doors. When we started, there was no black models out there, bro. You know how we got our first black models for our fashion shows we did back in 1990 and 91? We went on the streets and asked dudes, yo, you want a model? So when you look at our first fashion show, you see dudes walking on down the runway like they're walking on a block. You know, right, and the same right. type of looks is hot right now. We established yeah. all of that. We opened up the doors for all of that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's a testimony to the strength of what we've done for the culture and done for the business and as to where we are today. Yeah. No, that's amazing for sure. Um, any any mentors that you would say kind of helped you a little bit throughout the game or people you look to kind of molded, molded your game after or, or saw? Yeah, in terms of fashion, there was no mentors in fashion because there was nobody like us to, you know, do that. Only thing that inspired us was brands that we were wearing. We saw what they were not doing that we wanted. You know, we saw that we wanted to be loud and bold. We wanted colors. We wanted big logos. Nobody was doing that. So we had to go do that on our own. So, I mean, to be honest with you, the only inspiration we had was dudes that was hustling. Those were the only ones that had any money. Those were the only ones that showed you there's more out there for life that you get. Mm -hmm. But we just applied. We took visually what we saw, but applied it to business. The same hustle mentality, but just put that mentality into business. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's the same hustle. Hustle is hustle. So you could hustle illegal stuff you could hustle in business and just like a dude be hugging a block from 12 a.m to 12 midnight you do the same mentality in business you just never stop hustling there's no days off there's none of that you know what i'm saying we always got our mind on the grind in terms of how we're going to get better how we're going to expand the brand how we going to you know achieve the goals that we have set out for us oh now all your designers uh that you have in-house is it is it mostly you and then a few other like how do you how do you your infrastructure how is that Great. Yeah. So right now, like I said, we have a Japanese collection. We also have a European collection and we have a USA collection. So we have a design team in Europe, design team in Japan. And we also have a design team here in the USA. So our job, what we do, we oversee and set tones as to what people want to wear in Japan and what people want to wear in Europe. And we'll find this different, this different wants in Japan than there is from Europe. That's very important. Mm -hmm. Japanese style is very different. And what's happened in Japan may not work in Europe. And we had to learn that by affiliating ourselves with designers from those countries who understand the culture, understand the brand. They all want to be hip hop inspired, but they want it in a certain type of way, a certain type of fit. So that's how we kind of expand and been able to be successful for so many years that way. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. What's the, um, can you speak on the difference a little bit between the, the two? Yeah, Japan is very, the fits are more slim. You know, Japanese people, they're not that big. So right. the fits much more slimmer. Um, we have a golf line in Japan, which is our number one division right there. We have some professional golfers from Japan that's representing the brand. So that's doing very well for us. They love big logos in Japan. Um, they love the Kanai signature in Japan. Europe is a lot. And, and in Japan, they like a lot of muted colors, muted colors, black, grays, whites, like that. In Europe now, they're very bright. Europe, is, they still want the baggy fit. They want the bright colors, the reds, the yellows, the orange, the teals, the purples, stuff like that. So we have to like design our collections a little bit different in between. And the USA market is very clean now. You know, it's very, mm -hmm. very small logos, very clean, very simple. 
two-piece set. So every market is a little bit different. They still want the brand, but the clothing has to represent what the people want. Yeah. Now, I've, I'm, I have a publishing company that I'm working with, and we're doing some nonprofit stuff. And we're working to teach kids uh, more about writing, literacy, writing cursive. Them not understanding cursive and your brand, you know, it's in cursive. <laughs> right. You know, can we speak to that a little bit? Like, is, yeah. has that has that? That's funny you brought that up. I mean, because I just heard about that recently that these kids don't yeah. <laughs> like to read. They only, they're not even teaching in schools anymore. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, why they're doing that? I have no idea. But you know, we started. We luckily we do have a block font as well that we do for Carl right. and I. I'm hoping that the signature can propel itself to the way where people just know what it looks like. Just look at it as yeah. a logo. You know what I'm trying to right. say? Um, you know, Tupac to me is one who made my signature that popular because he's yeah. got many, I mean, we have over 200 pictures of Tupac wearing different pieces of Carl and I have the signature on it. And he's worshiped like a God in so many foreign countries. So when they see him, they want that symbol that he's yeah. wearing on his, on his shirt. And in Europe, they don't even call me Carl Kanai. I don't know if you know that. In Europe, they pronounce my name very differently out there. Hmm. If you say Carl Kanai out there, they won't know what you're talking about. It's Connie. Uh, Connie, Connie, Carl Connie. Yeah, Connie. Yeah. We say Kanai, they'll be like, no, Connie. So K-A-N-I in, in their language is pronounced Connie. So oh, okay. forget the Kanai. You go out in Germany, ask for Kanai, they're going to be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Connie. Yeah, I got to remember that. I was just out of London. Yeah. Yeah, so it's Connie. Connie out there. Uh -huh. Okay, nice, nah, sweet. So what um what's you did the fashion show recently in Miami. Is there is there something coming up soon um that you'll be displaying some more articles of clothing in? Because you have a new collection that you're dropping, right? Yeah, we do. So basically what we're gonna do right now is we're gonna do an art gallery soon. We're gonna be touring some major cities with that. We're gonna get the date set up by the end of this month. We're gonna basically do our gallery showing all our different photo campaigns from the 90s. We have iconic photos of oh, never seen photos of Tupac, Nas, Snoop, Dr. Dre, um, Biggie wearing Carl Kanai products, Michael Jackson. So we're going to do uh, and all these all these pictures were shot on 35 millimeter because I understand back in the days there was no there was no um, digital cameras. So these are like really clear photos, distinctive, and it will just show people what the 90s culture was really all about in real time through the eyes of photographs. And no other brand could show you what the 90s was about on campaigns in Vibe, Source, XXL, commercials on MTV and BET that way. That's the way we want to roll it out and do an art gallery showing that and also displaying some of the vintage items as well too. That's going to be that's gonna be amazing. Yeah. That's going to be amazing. So you just do installations. Um, did you say in the beginning how many how many states you're going to do? I didn't hear. Or did no, no, we didn't. No, we're going to do all the major cities like New York, okay. Atlanta, Chicago, okay. Los okay. Angeles. We're going to do the major cities right now. So we're in negotiation with different art galleries right now. And we might get MC Light to come DJ at some events, stuff like that. So we're going to bring back some old hip-hop 90s culture. People yeah. that represent the clothing. People who's mentioned my names in their songs. We'll hope that these artists will come out as well, too. You know, we have like over 12 to about 15 songs of artists mentioned my names in their songs. We want those artists to come out in those cities that we do the art galleries. Oh, that's going to be amazing. Yeah. I got to catch it. I got to yeah. catch it, man. Yeah. <laughs> art, yeah. fashion, hip hop. I mean, calling my name, bro. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be, that's going to be dope. Um, mm -hmm. You know, um, you know, we spoke earlier about, you know, these, these kids who are, um, you know, inspired to make clothing in, t in the fashion world. Um, what, what would you give them? What what advice would you give them? You know, a kid just starting out, don't have much. Um, what would you tell him? I mean, I think you've told him a lot already in this podcast, 
But what would you, you know, what would you say to the young Carl? The most important thing is like, make people like what you like. You know what I'm saying? Don't worry about trying to dress everybody. Because if you can make people like what you like, then you can really set your own direction. Meaning that you're not going to be copying nobody. Your stuff is going to be unique. It's going to be different. And you can create your own lane and fashion. And the other thing I would say too, is look to see what's missing out there. Like I'm sure I, I saw it was missing because when we went shopping, didn't have the type of clothing that we want. So I'm sure if you want to be a designer, there must be something out there that you see that's missing that you want to make different. You want to change. And that's why I would focus on that. The other major thing is coming up with your brand name and your logo is also important too. Those things go well together. Like, yeah, I think like when you think about Adidas, you think about their logo, right? Mm-hmm. You think about Nike, you think about that swoosh. You think about Polo, you think about that Polo horse. So Whatever brand you come up with, I need to. When I see your name, I need to think about something that logo needs to coordinate back with that name, and you got to stick to it because sometimes people want to change their logos and change up the look. And to me, it sometimes it feels good, but people really want simplicity in their life. If that was the case, Polo shouldn't be using the horse anymore. He's been around since 1967. Tommy shouldn't be using that flag anymore. He's been around forever. So, right, it is something to be said about sustaining something over a period of time that people feel comfortable with it and understand what your brand is about. So they'll be able to align themselves with you over a stronger period of time. Yeah. No, definitely. That's definitely some great advice right there. Um, you know, I know, I know a lot of young designers, um, a lot of people want to get into the industry. I think they looks like a, a huge mountain, but just that advice right there, um, leading with uh, your own inspiration instead of trying to recreate something, just uh, make people like what you like um, and draw that to you, right? You have more of a playing field uh, to create. Um, so now that's great advice. Um, you know, we talked about your impact on the fashion world in the beginning on streetwear, um, on hip hop, on culture. Um, a lot of brands I see have, you know, they kind of go into different realms, right? They might go into sports, sportswear, or, um, you know, do you see, do, is Carl and I, uh, Mary's going to stay in the, in the streetwear realm, or do you see yourself maybe going into sportswear? um or or any other realms like that yeah good question so yeah we we you know in 1998 we had a line of suits with a company called nema and it was doing very very well it was a licenses that we had and unfortunately the company nema's nema they actually closed down or shut down that division at the time but we saw that there is a, a need out there for better high-end fashion clothing and that's even for say, because if you think about the age groups of Kanai, of the customers that we have with our brand, like I said, we have the, the young teenagers as well as people who grew up wearing the brand, you know, it's a lot older now. So the only way to really expand on that is create new divisions. So we do plan on doing a more high-end couture line for Kanai. We've attempted on it in the past and it's done well, but now it's really something to really want to bring out in the whole international market. So brand expansion is very important. You got to do it at the right time and make sure the customer out there, there's a want for that product line. Because what you don't want to do is come out with lines that are not successful to tarnish your name. So everything has to be done in due course and due time. Okay. No, that makes sense. No, I, I, would, I would love to see some car can I, some kind of street, some kind of uh, sportswear, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Something I could throw on on the court would be dope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that'd be sweet, man. But um, yeah, uh, we're coming up on 30, man. Um. I think we got some great insight from you. Um, I really appreciate you for being on the show today. Um, you know, it's been legendary, man. And I look forward to the art installations that you have uh, coming in the major cities to come. Um, and also overseas, man, when those when you start rolling up those um, those shows overseas and, 
and start getting active, you know, um, I would love to come out there and, and see that as well. Um, so, uh, man, I just appreciate you for being on the show today and your time here and spending some time with me in Miami as well, man. And um, just look forward to everything you got going. Car and I has been around for, you know, longer than I've been alive. Um, <laughs> I'll be 30, I'll be 36. Junior. We got the same birthday. Right. My, uh, yeah, my dad. You, you know, no, I said, well, I'll be 36 this year. So, oh, oh, oh. you know what I'm saying? Okay, so I, I you said, me and you got the same birthday. Okay. No, no, no. I'll be 36 this year. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, just stealing my dad car can not shirts out the closet, man, and wearing them to school. I, I just, you know, we go way back, man. So, um, nah, man. no, I definitely appreciate that, man. I definitely appreciate, you know, the stories that I hear from people, like how they can remember their first car can I sweatshirt they got on, or like how oh, yeah. this brand has really touched a lot of people in a nostalgic way. And at the time when I started, I didn't know that we would have that impact on people. And it's something to be said about that. And it's something to be said about never really giving up on your goals and your dreams. I'm living testimony that there will be tough times. It's going to happen. You got to prepare for it. But once you make that that decision that you want to become an entrepreneur, you got to take everything that comes along with it. You know I'm trying to say it doesn't about the good times. Every single thing comes along with it. You ask for this accept it and just charge it to the game and keep the machine moving that's really the key because you cannot dwell because no one cares like if you're going through stuff mm-hmm. and you're dealing with issues no one cares suck it up brush yourself off keep the machine moving that's the goal right. never give up that's the process right. there will be a better day and i'm living proof yeah. for that yeah no man i love it man it's been it's been inspiring i'm i'm it's been inspiring for real from the the, the what you named why you named it what you named it to changing your, you know, your diet and your regimen in the midst of adversity, adversity, and it's a lot of keys to this, you know. And I think that a lot of takeaways. Well, I'll tell you one thing too, like in terms of the regimen too, like you know, I, I gauge my body off of my stomach. Like mm-hmm. anytime I see myself losing my six pack, I go harder. Yeah. You know what I'm say? <laughs> Me, yeah. you get that lump. Jumping off, yeah. there. it's hard to yeah. get rid of. <laughs> it's a wrap. <laughs> right, right. You can't you know, get over the hump, man. You know what I mean? So you gotta slow it down. So you know, just keep your life simple. You know, just cut out the starches. I mean, you do what you got to do. It's, it's, again, this is all about where you want to be in life, right? Some people are just cool. There's some people like will say, "Yeah, look, I just want a good job at the grocery store. I want to be a manager, and I'm good." And there's nothing wrong with that, right? So this conversation may not be for that person, but if for that person want to be an entrepreneur. And sustained for decades and decades, you got to change your mentality if that's what you yeah. want to do. No, nah, 1000 percent, 1000 percent. Well, man, again, thank you, thank, thank you, man. I hope we get around too, um, <laughs> <laughs> for real, and, and run this back in a, in a few months, whatever, man. But appreciate you, man, and uh, look forward to everything you have coming in the future. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate it. It was great kicking with you guys, your whole team out there, you and your brother and the other guys, man. Uh, yeah. It's great to meet you. Thanks for having me on your show. Anytime, bro. Hit me up. Okay, will do. All right, thank you. Peace. Peace. Legendary. Legendary Carl Canal right there. Man, don't get no better than that. Dropped so many gems. Um, It was enlightening. It was inspiring. Um, Man, that was dope. You know, in the midst of adversity, in the midst of uh, change, in the midst of, you know, great loss it is and it's pivotal focus on what you can control like what can you control 
your health, working out, your diet, changing, changing the things that you can change. And that, you know, that's going to make you withstand. That's going to make you last through whatever you're going through. And like you said, you don't want to have two things. You don't want to be dealing with your body over here and dealing with your finances and your, you know, get, get one of them in order. And the one that you can control at all times is your body. So uh, great message today. Great story. Carl Kanai, the beginning of streetwear, the beginning of streetwear, the first person to create a brand to put on our people, to put on the artists and the rappers. Um, it's amazing. That's amazing. Um, I'm I'm honored. I'm thankful. Um, so before we end, we're gonna give another special shout out to our sponsors. We are powered by Zara Wellness. And this right here, this that Larry Sanders pack. Yeah, this that Larry Sanders pack right here. We got the pre-rolls in here, five. Five pre-rolls. Go to ZarWellness.com. Go get your pre-rolls right now. We ship them all over the nation. Anywhere you can, anywhere that the mail comes, you can get this right here. And this is some high-grade flour, T-A-C-A. Burns great. Smells great. Got to try it. So as this continues, I'm definitely going to start giving out some of these, um, sending these to people. We're going to run some contests pretty soon and get some of these packs out. So. Appreciate everybody who tuned in to Santa Says today. Um, even though it was a Thursday and not a Monday, y'all still came and, and show love and rock with me. So I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Um, it's been love. And, you know, I'm coming back Monday, so it's going to be a quick turnaround. And, uh, you know, I'll see y'all soon. Peace. Trouble sleeping? Feeling a lot of pain? So stressed out, you're anxious all the time? feeling down and depressed, just need a little bit more energy and focus in the morning, that's where we come in. We are here to help at Czar Wellness. Czar Wellness is where people come first to get the highest quality, highest standards, and unbelievable prices. At czarwellness.com, you can get gummies, topicals, oils, and smokables. It's all legal. We ship nationwide. Welcome to Czar, where people come first. Find us at czarwellness.com. Are financial challenges holding you back? Are you getting denied for personal or business funding? Do you dream of a brighter financial future? Life's journey shouldn't be hindered by credit woes. Join National Credit Resources with our easy three-step process to financial freedom. Sign up at nationalcreditresource750.com. Our personalized approach aligns directly with our core value, integrity. We offer a money-back guarantee contract and financial literacy through the process. Go to nationalcreditresource750.com. Join the countless individuals who've reclaimed their financial independence through National Credit Resources. Take that crucial step towards a brighter tomorrow. National Credit Resources is your trusted partner, and we are one nation under credit. Start your credit journey at nationalcreditresource750.com. We're always interested in what you have to say about our live broadcasts. Please share your comments on our Facebook page or websites.